for everything good, there must be something bad. And we talked about Star Wars Revenge of the Sith and why it was good last week. This week, let's talk about why it was bad. Welcome, welcome. Brent here for Geek Fair and here to break down Star Wars Revenge of the Sith and why it was bad. Now look, we're just going to jump in right into the nitty gritty. Usually I have a shameless plug. Let's go right into it. Look, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith had a lot of great qualities and overall it was my favorite end to any trilogy. You're going down a path I can't follow. Which I know is a hot take and a very unpopular one. Come at me in the comment section. That's completely fine. But what was wrong with this film... Is something that bothered all the prequels, and George Lucas himself alluded to, and if not said directly, hey, I can't write romance novels. It is not who I am. It is not what I am about. And ultimately, you struggle to get some romance out of Padme and Anakin through any any portion of the film whatsoever. It's felt a lot like a teenage rom-com that was ultimately shoved in your face, and you get to see teenage you try and flirt with your absolute dream crush and this is the time where you get absolutely destroyed obliterated your pride and everything that you care about gets wiped out with the absolutely devastating no and well padme for many of her problems was one of the biggest problems of this entire film natalie portman is a phenomenal actress not coming at her However, having her deliver any line of romance in this film and making us feel like her and Anakin are truly in sync and that they're a powerful couple in this thing called life together, it was painful. I don't know you anymore. Anakin, breaking my heart. And it was just overall not translated well to screen. Um, Anakin, You're Breaking My Heart is probably one of the worst lines in the Star Wars trilogy, well, period. I mean, it was bad. Jar Jar may have had some better lines than Padme in this, unfortunately, and there's nothing that we could really do or say to cover any of that up. Liar! And ultimately, Hayden's been redeemed, but at the same time, I still have to hold you semi-accountable. In any level of romance, it takes two to tango, and, well, both of you... While you've gotten along famously as friends, as far as romance goes in this film, I don't think any of us felt this. It felt like Twilight, but even cringier, if that makes any possible sense or is even possible. And coming from one of my favorite series, let alone IPs ever, yeah, I kind of have to take a dump on it in this general sense. Let me know what you think about it, but in that one... I have to say the romanticism and George Lucas's writing fell short. The writing for everything else was great. The story was good. The action was there. Um, the tension that we needed was there. But the romantic elements that ultimately pushed things along to where we ended up getting Luke and Leia to set up the next trilogy. Yeah, that that felt really cringy. Did not like it at all. And then another point that I really want to stress about, and I'll probably spend most of the video talking about this point, is ultimately the editing and what got left out of this film. Because George Lucas, for all of his success and all of the beloved things he's given us in the galaxy far, far away, because of Obi-Wan, he has made some questionable edits and some questionable cuts that overall, in 
things over time and interviews and just him coming out and talking to the general public has not only alluded to, but directly said certain things got cut out of his films that should have, my opinion, been there. And one of them, I'm not even going to hold him accountable for, but I'm going to talk about it right here, right now. General Grievous was a fantastic character, and all three characters throughout the prequel symbolized Anakin's turn not only to a Sith, but he would be a Jedi who was fallen, but he'd also be turned into this robot cyborg thing. That's great writing. Perfect symmetry wraps up and encapsulates Darth Vader entirely. Great job. Good symbolism. Good writing. I like it. But for General Grievous, we could have had Gary Oldman. Yeah, that Gary Oldman. You're meaning to tell me we couldn't have pushed something back to fix a couple scheduling conflicts to make this happen? I'm not saying General Grievous was bad, because overall the performance that we needed from him was maybe a dozen lines at most. But at the same time, if you're telling me I can have Gary Oldman, and that he was cast, but had to bow out due to scheduling conflict, yeah, I'm going to want you to reschedule and get me Gary Oldman back. I'm just going to be that guy. And while we're talking about another old man in the Star Wars universe, apparently Qui-Gon was supposed to be in this. He was supposed to be a Force ghost, show up and talk to Yoda while he's about to leave at the very end of Revenge of the Sith so he can ultimately figure out and tie in how Yoda knew about a lot of the stuff becoming a Force ghost and all this information that he ultimately passed on to Obi-Wan. Yeah, that seems kind of important, because ultimately, when you get to the originals, um, there's a lot of information left out. It You gotta spark note this, you gotta read a couple novels, you have to be up on your Star Wars lore and your Star Wars knowledge of what's considered canonical and what's considered extended universe, and at this time, there was no such thing. It was just, you had to sift through everything, read everything, all of it was true, Disney bought it, and then ultimately, we're left with this hodgepodge of what's right and what's wrong, and we have all this information, but what's really true it's only up for Disney to decide what it finally feels like and make some level of money on this IP. Stop! Stop now! Come back! I love you! It's very confusing, to say the least. But having a ghost Qui-Gon there to at least talk to Yoda and make that initial conversation doesn't need to be longer than maybe a minute. But at the same time, the impact that it feels throughout really goes a long way. And I think there's a lot of bang for your buck there. Plus, um, who's going to be upset at Liam Neeson, honestly. And then there were a couple other things that were left out. Han Solo was originally supposed to be on Kashyyyk. Like, a very, very young Han Solo was going to be there, and he was going to meet Chewbacca, and we were going to get that they have been together for a long, long period of time. And ultimately, knowing what we know now about the absolutely dreadful Solo film, um... We should have gone with that. I'm just... I would have tied that loose end up before anybody else could have got their hands on my IP and soiled it badly. Han Solo is one of everyone's favorite characters, period. And he wouldn't even need to bring back Harrison Ford because he is on record saying he hated Star Wars. He'd have been part of the universe. He doesn't want to do the cons. He doesn't want to do the character. And the only reason he came back for the new trilogy was basically because money and he said look, if you're going to hire me, you have to kill me. That's how much he wanted to be out of this project. I ain't mad at him, but at the same time, 
kind of wish someone who's such an integral character in Star Wars would enjoy their role more, but hey, what are you going to do? Just a fan here. And then there is something that's, I think, not nearly as pivotal to the story, but worth touching upon anyway. And if you've already made it to this portion of the video, be sure to hit that lovely red subscribe button. It's in the description below. Clearly like the content and everything that we're doing here at Geek Variants. We cover Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, anime, and more. But ultimately, we needed to talk about Palpatine. Palpatine throughout this was going to have two more pivotal scenes that were left on the chopping block. Ultimately, Palpatine was going to sow the seed in Anakin that the Jedi were taking over. And yes, he does say that exact line, Anakin, the Jedi are taking over, when he's literally laying down helpless with Mace Windu having a lightsaber at him in the window of his chancellor's office. However, sowing the seed earlier on would have more significant impact. Anakin, would his wheels would be turning when he hears that the chancellor believes the Jedi are trying to take over. Everything that he is about to go through throughout this film has so much more impact. Ultimately, if you tell him that the Jedi are trying to take over, and that ultimately when he finishes off Dooku, which, you know, no other Jedi did, um, and then he saved his master on his back and the Chancellor, crashed the ship safely, and then gets rewarded with a good job at a boy, I'm sorry, I'm going to want a little bit more out of that. I know it's not the Jedi way or the Jedi code, but you're telling me I'm the chosen one. I just did all this stuff. Uh, seat on the council is the minimum of what I will be asking for. And then for the fact that you grant me a seat, but not give me the rank of master, even though I'm the only one of you guys who has done anything other than maybe Obi-Wan, I'm going to feel some kind of way about the Jedi and withholding of power and that they are holding on to something that they ultimately shouldn't. Don't lecture me, Obi-Wan. I see through the lies of the Jedi. And then you show up at the Chancellor's office and the Jedi are trying to arrest the Chancellor. I know, because of very, very good reasons. But then saying that your reign is over and that the Jedi are basically going to take charge of the galaxy to ensure that peace is given out ultimately and that what they want to have happen is going to come to fruition. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. Yeah, that sounds like a new dictatorship to me, homie. Um, I'm not about that action, and I need the best medical coverage in the world for my pregnant wife, who is ultimately in hell of a lot of jeopardy right now. He says he's got all the secrets to it. You guys are trying to take power. You guys keep denying me. You guys separate me from my mom. Yeah, I'm going to be on the other guy's side because you guys keep lumping me in with something I shouldn't be. Has a huge impact on the film throughout. And then there's another thing that would tie into fixing Padme's character. Overall, we're left with this feeling that while she was being choked by Anakin, she was made weaker, and then she had to go through childbirth, and then died. Even though the droid says, point blank, everything with her is fine. Her vitals are fine, but we're losing her. Kill me! No! Let her go, Anakin! Let her go! <gasps> What really happened in this moment in time has to be explained through the books and through another loose interpretation. George Lucas has gone on record and said that the Dark Lord Emperor Sidious was force draining her essence to feed Vader. As we all know, Anakin slash Vader 
just saying Anakin for the basics. Vader for everyone who known that as soon as the nightfall moment happened on the Jedi Temple where he is just massacring Jedi, he's Vader through and through. Doesn't have the suit, but he's Vader. Vader is dying. Padme is alive. And for Sidious to have his plan come to fruition, he's like, I need to kill one to fuel the other. Force drains Padme, inserts the Force Essence into Vader to keep him alive, which is why Vader can feel Padme very strongly and very much throughout. Ultimately, this came to be an Achilles heel for why Vader was like, yep, I love my kids, goodbye Sidious, in the vat, boom. But it wasn't included in the films. So everyone who was a casual fan who was just trying to enjoy the galaxy far, far away, which we encourage all people to do so, um, you just thought that a regular healthy human being just died of no cause in a galaxy that has super future tech, uh, laser swords, and can blow up planets at the press of a button. Yeah, I'm just as confused as you are, and certain things need to be included so that you don't have to jump through all these hoops to ensure that you get the right message and tone delivered. And overall, I love this film, but there's stuff that can be improved upon. Leave your thoughts in the comments below. Be sure to hit the lovely red subscribe button. I don't have anything else for you guys. I will see you, Geek Variants, in the next episode. In the meantime, here's some more videos for you to look at.